thank you. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, I'm Steven. I'm an addict. Um, let me just uh, ask a quick question. It's been a while since I've been doing an HA meeting. Do we say sober or do we say clean? I don't want to offend anybody. We're not big on whatever you want to okay. say. Okay. Thank you. So that out of the way, um, I got clean. My clean date basically is uh, February 15th, 1999. Yes. So <clears throat> no fronts. I have 22 years. Wow. I got a birthday coming up, but I got 22 years. Um, yeah, and you know... I don't know, um, the main way that I got that, like people ask you a lot of times at your birthday is like, how'd you do it, blah, blah, blah. Um, the main thing that I did basically was have faith for that amount of time and grace, God's grace, my higher power's grace kept me clean. Because there's so many times, not necessarily where I was offered drugs or whatever, you know, or had a chance, went to a drinking party or whoopee party, like they say in the book, you know, or any of that shit. But um, just like how I was working my program at certain times should have been loaded. How I was not practicing the principles should have got loaded. You know, all the, all things like that, like shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you know, it's so crazy. Um, <clears throat> first off, by um, nodding your head, who in here was, felt like shit almost on a daily basis, if not every day, okay? Who in here was probably more paranoid than they've ever been in their life <laughs> before they came in? who in here uh, hated their life, if not every day, you know, on a daily basis and just wanted it to change. Okay, so that, that allows me to identify with you and hopefully identify with what I have to say. Because I want to preface by saying I never did heroin, all right? But I saw myself heading towards a needle when I was, was getting clean. And that was one of the fear factors, believe it or not, that got me into the program. Like I saw myself heading towards that. That spike was was coming to coming to me quickly. And I was like, it scared the living shit out of me. So um, my dad had a big book on his bed and I saw it. And of course, me being as paranoid as I was, thought, oh, he's trying to tell me something. <laughs> So I got to some meetings and then I lost my mind and had to go to the hospital yet again. See, before I came to San Diego, back to San Diego, cause I'm born, I was born and raised in San Diego. I was in the Coast Guard and uh, I had a breakdown. I had a mental breakdown um, of a, like a manic episode, real bad manic episode, crashed a truck, flipped it over 10 times, end over end, side to side. Um, I got a bruise on my chest and a bump on my head and I didn't have a seatbelt on. And I ended up in the hospital and they, the guy in there was like, what are you, Winnie the Pooh or something? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So they asked me if I wanted to go to the Coast Guard or if I wanted to go to this Norwich State Hospital, they said, and I said, I'll go to the Norwich Hospital. I did a plethora of freaky things while I was in there. <laughs> like I walked, walked the halls all night long. I fucking spun around like a whirling dervish. Thought I was seeing like spiritual things. I, we were eating dinner one time and I started fucking around with the other patients by going, faster, faster. And they started eating faster. I'm like, slower, slower. And then one of the nurses is like, Steven, cut it out. I prayed to a plant that was in the smoke, um, the smoking den because it looked like a weed plant. I, um, I thought the thistles outside were peyote. I thought the people at the hospital were the Grateful Dead family bringing me in to fold. And like, because I had gone to a bunch of dead shows and I am a um, self-proclaimed um, deadhead, I, uh, I thought they were like trying to protect me from the harm they had done and that they were gonna bring me into the fold and they were all in the family. Um, I thought that the soap, this particular soap and this one um, bathtub, you fill it up with water and you throw the soap in there, you make LSD and I got in there and thought I was tripping and walked out of the bathroom naked <laughs> in, a, in a male female hospital. These are some of the things that I did to destroy myself when I was out there in my brain. I altered my brain chemistry, doctors tell me, from being regularly hyperactive or ADHD, whatever they're calling it now, to having full-blown manic depression. That's what I did to myself when I was out there. That's the damage that I caused. And I know this because the first time I ever stopped taking the medication years later, when I went on a trip to become a Zen Buddhist monk, and I'm very serious about that, I really wanted to become a Zen Buddhist monk, and it didn't work out. But when I came back, I stopped taking my medication and as soon as I got to Arizona, well, my first mistake was when I was in New Mexico, I picked up a six pack of beer to give to my friend's dad because I'm so cool, you know, I got to give him a present. And I knew he liked to drink. Took it from New Mexico to Arizona, give him the beer. I go in the house with her and uh, she's like, what do you want to drink? You know, we got, we got uh, milk, water, juice. I said, give me a beer. Where the fuck did that come from? I had two years clean at this point. Mental blank spot, man. That mental blank spot they talk about. Didn't even fucking think about it or nothing. Just said, give me a beer. Started drinking. Got pissed off because they weren't bringing out what I really wanted, which was the marijuana or the weed or whatever you want to call it. Devil's lettuce. Um... Go to bed and my spidey senses are my, my sp spidey senses are tingling and I get up and go out there and they're smoking weed and I'm like yeah, so I start smoking I get super fucking high because I've been clean for two years off of a couple of hits you know, and um, the reason I tell that that little portion of story is because I'm trying to show you some things that. Um, like make me an addict and some things that you can identify with and some show you um, some more or less spiritual ex um, experiences that I've had. So with this one, I, I'm, I'm, she tells this 
crazy story about mushrooms and they're sacred and you can't take them and this lady's telling them not to and I'm like, bullshit! And I went to bed. And I'm in bed and I'm drunk and I'm high and... What the fuck is that? No. I'm drunk and I'm high and I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck did I just do, man? Like, what? Where? I am smarter than this. I know where this is gonna lead. I know what's gonna happen to me. I know where this road takes me. I've been there several times. So the very next day I get up, I take her to work and I try to haul ass to San Diego and my car breaks down in Barstow. So I call mommy crying and I get a, get a bus ticket to San Diego and I go to a meeting and I raise my hand and I tell them I'm a newcomer. That's me, you know? Fuck that ego. I don't give a shit, man. Like, I wanted this bad after that. I wanted it real bad. It was that little relapse for that one day, that one session was enough of a nuclear blast in my head to tell me, fuck this. I'm done. I don't want to do it no more. I don't want to go there. I know where that'll take me. So my sponsor um, starts taking me to AA meetings. Um, they're totally fucking different. Like I don't bag on any, um, program, but the narcotics anonymous meetings, the young people in narcotics anonymous, anonymous meetings in San Diego were fucking manic dude. And I felt like I was out there when I was in them. And then I went to these AA meetings and I could breathe, you know, there was messages being sent. There were, there were. There were people sharing their experience, strength, and hope, but, but with a message, you know, not the mess, which I hopefully am trying to do to you tonight, you know. And um, so years go by, I get, I don't know, like 18 years in uh, AA. Um, I'm doing the deal, um, um, working steps. Have a, I have a couple sponsors here and there. I they change. I've had, I don't know, like six or seven sponsors. I've had one sponsor die with his parachute didn't open. I had another sponsor die that got shot in the head by another friend of ours. So I've had a little bit of tragedy in my sponsorship families. And uh, I think maybe that's why some people in San Diego didn't want to sponsor me because they <laughs> I had a bad track record with sponsors. But, um, so anyway, so we go and then, you know, um, my, I get into the sober riders motorcycle club because, um, the guy that shot my sponsor came to me and made an amends and nobody had ever made an amends to me in my life. And, uh, <clears throat> He came and made a direct amends to me about what had happened. And uh, he invited me to a barbecue. And that barbecue, little did I know, was him in inviting me into the fold of his family. So uh, fast forward on that. Um, they needed some people up here in San Clemente to help out the chapter of, of the Sober Riders. 
the motorcycle club that I've been a member of proudly for 10 years now. And I was like, all right. So I came up here and uh, I got a job with one of the guys. Um, I moved into San Clemente. Um, for a while, I was driving back and forth every day from Santee, California, San Diego, to San Clemente to do the job back and forth. And then finally, one of the secretaries got found a Craigslist ad of a house, $575 a month. That's it. Nothing else. Don't have to pay anything else. $575 a month. And that's still what I pay to this day. So it's going to take dynamite to get me out of that place. <laughs> I love the ladies. I love them. My two landladies. I love them. Um, so anyway, so I, I move up here and I start coming to meetings here at the Friendship Center. It was the first place I found. Um, it was interesting. Um, I found that I had more time than everybody in the room put together in most of the meetings that I went to here. Not trying to brag, I'm just being real, you know? Like it was fucking weird, dude. I'd never been to so many meetings that had so many recovery homes in them. You know, and I give props to the recovery community. I don't agree with a lot of things that they say about triggers and this and that. Like, trigger for me is like waking up and, you know, my DOC is like whatever you got or more, you know? That's my DOC. <laughs> like, I just want to do whatever the fuck we're doing. Let's, let's do it, you know? Um, except heroin. <laughs> That I was like, I don't know about that. But, but like I said, to identify, like I said before, you know, like the feelings were there, that the, the just despair and everything was there when, when I was in the end of my using, you know, and, and I didn't want to do it anymore. So, so the way that I've gotten this amount of time, that I've kept this amount of time, is I just kept trudging day after day even when I didn't want to, five minutes, okay. Even when I didn't want to. At 10 years, I wanted my life to end. I, did, I, I didn't have the guts to commit suicide, but I just wanted it to fucking end. And, you know, I said a prayer outside my house, and this too passed, you know? And, um, I mean, I, it's been 22 years, and right now, the... I'm almost at the closest I've ever taken someone through the steps. I took another gentleman f through step five. But that's not to say I haven't sponsored people. I've had thousands of sponsees over those 22 years, thousands. I have a running joke. Some people may have heard it before. But the quickest way to get rid of a sponsee is to open the book. <laughs> sad but true, man. It's sad but true. It's scary. Like, we can't impart our knowledge on you. We can't, you can't get it through osmosis or anything like that. Like, you have to call your fucking sponsor. I have to call my fucking sponsor, you know? We're at a point now where he calls me once in a while, but I have to reach out to him. I have to want it. You know, he can't get me clean or sober or whatever you want to call it. He can't do that. You have to fucking want it. I had to want it on a daily basis, day in and day out, from the day I woke, from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep. I had to want it. And, and the, 
the, you know, the, the, the great um, experiences I've had over these years, I would never, ever replace for any of the time I had when I was using. I mean, I did some pretty freaky things when I was using, and I wouldn't, wouldn't want to trade any of those for even just a normal day being clean. Even just a normal, quote unquote, boring day. You know, boring to me, like I, I um, put a thing out on, um, on um, Instagram last night. It said, only boring people are bored. You know, only boring people are bored. And I also put one other one out that I think you might like. It's called um, Broken People Heal Broken People. So, um, I hope you guys got something out of my share. You know, 20 minutes is pretty long, but not really long enough to go into every little nook and cranny. And um, I wish you all luck and enjoy the rest of your meeting. Thanks for letting me share.